Welcome to Season 5 of the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors Worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of Meaningful Conversations and convener of Community. I continue to find so much gratitude for all the warriors willing to share their stories with us. And so whether you are or know someone who is battling multiple sclerosis, type 1 diabetes, scleroderma, lupus, or any of the multiple autoimmune diseases that HSCT can halt, or are simply inspired by transformational journeys, you're in the right place. As we continue to grow, the HSCT Warrior Community illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. I'm so glad you've joined us. And I'm so grateful to talk with you, Chelsea. Thank you so much for responding to the invitation to to be interviewed. Yeah, of course. I was really excited. So your journey with HSCT, I can't wait to hear more about it, but it looks like you've been using the A-linker and I'm really excited to learn about that too. Yes. Yes, I have. I try to do it every day. It doesn't always work out, but I try. And that's the point, right? Is that we try our best. Yep. That's all you can do. So welcome, Chelsea. Why don't you tell us more about your diagnosis with autoimmune disease and what led you to HSCT? So I was diagnosed in 2005. Um, I started, I, I think at 18 years old, but I think that I had symptoms since about 15 because I was just really, I didn't have any balance. Like I would fall or you know, I think I think I'm sort of clumsy, anyways. But um, you know, just things weren't right. And so, by the time I was 18, I finally went to a neurologist. He did the pinprick test and all oh, that. I hated um, that. And then he was like, "Okay, we have to do a spinal tap." So did the spinal tap, and that confirmed it that I had MS. Um, and so just 18 years old. Yes, ma'am. Oh my gosh. How did that feel? Um, it felt really crazy. Um, (laughs) it probably sent my brain into, I ended up thinking like, instead of let me take as good of care of myself as I can, um, because there was no cure, um, And I just felt like basically I was going to end up in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. that I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do while I can do it. While you can do it. Yeah. That, that mindset makes total sense. Yeah. And, and it's the wrong mindset to have. I mean, if I was advising anyone who just had been diagnosed, I would say, you know, fight it as much as you can, like be as healthy as possible. Mm. You know, Google is your best friend. Yeah. <laughs> now. Out, and, and isn't it yeah, interesting? Find like out what you need to eat and everything and 
fight it, you know, be as active as possible and exercise and oh, all that. But so important. Anyways. Well, but when I, you're young, right? Like that's exactly. So I was young and, and dumb as we all are. But totally so... understandable. Honestly. I mean, I had the same kind of reaction even at 32, like, but I didn't like do the research, right? I just kind of powered, thought I could power through. Yes. And that's, exactly. Those words. Exactly. <laughs> and that's not always like the best Power decision. Thing. Right. Yeah. But at the time it feels like the right. decision. Yes. Yes. It feels like that's what you're supposed to do. Okay. Well, I have it. So let's, let's do this thing anyways. Like, you know, I want to live my life. Yeah. Yeah. So all that. I feel that. Um, right. Like, and I think so many people, especially when they're young, when they're diagnosed, like you have gone through life kind of dealing with symptoms thinking, oh, well, that numbness is just whatever. I mean, like when mobility symptoms come, it is the craziest feeling, right? It is. It's insane because you're like, wait, I just did this yesterday right. or maybe even like two hours ago. You know what I'm saying? And so. And it's like, what is going on? It, your brain is scrambling, trying to figure out what your body is doing. It's just, it's, it's, yeah. So were you I having, like, like, what were your main issues before you were diagnosed? So when I, I was in a work study program. So like my senior year of high school. So I would go to school half the day and then I would go to work half the day. And I was um, a receptionist at a printing company. I just started having numbness and tingling in in my hand, in uh, mostly my right hand. And it would come and go. And then one day, like, so my boss, right, right, we're in 2020 right now. Mm. But even back then, like, it was it was time to have a computer. But he refused. And so... I hand wrote his voice messages. Mm. And one day I wrote out a message and I could not control my hand. It looked like a four-year-old had written it. Mm. And I handed it to him and he was like, who wrote this? And I was like, it was me. I don't know what's happening with my hand. I don't know what's going on, but that's, that's how it came out. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, like we said, just kind of move on. Yeah. And, you power you through, know, just power through. So, um, that happened. And then, um, I didn't have insurance at that time. I think, Oh man, this is crazy. <laughs> I forgot. It's like, you have to count out your register at the end of the day. And when, when we like people came in and asked for change, right. With big bills, and so we'd count them out and it would, we would have like this table on the computer and you put in how many hundreds, how many fifties, how, you know. And so I must have put the number in the wrong box and didn't realize it, you know, because when you're at work, you're sort of on autopilot, right? Sure, sure. Like when you know how to do stuff. And so um, then we got to the end of the day and I was counting my register and it all of a sudden just like hit me in the face. I was like, oh my God, I put that in the wrong box. They had to, you know, 
went through an investigation. Like they just set me up front, like to, just to be the greeter. And then somebody came in and investigated and I explained mm. and I explained that I had MS and I explained that I hadn't had what I was taking at the time was provigil, which was the ultimate, like it cleared my brain and gave me energy and was amazing, but I had been out of it. Oh, and right. Without insurance. Yeah. That's when that happened because my brain just wasn't working right. Processing, and, um, yeah. So they, you know, they found that they believed me. They were like, you know, we understand, um, but you're fired. <laughs> and oh, so no. I was like, that, that's cool. I understand. Um, yeah, that was that. Sorry to bring back that bad memory. That's okay. That's all right. You know, it, it happens. And I, I have to get, I like to get through things. And then I'll tell you everything. I don't care. <laughs> it's already happened. But while it's happening, I I might keep it to myself because Oh, sure. It's just, you know. Well, and know. so was that a sign? Like, did you go to the doctor to say, like, this med isn't working or so I need different or time, I I finally gotten insurance. So I went to a neurologist. And that's when he did the pinprick test and the, you know, what they do. And, the, you know, does this side feel the same as this side and all of that. Then he was like, we need to get a spinal tap. And so I did that, you know, had a headache if I sat up in bed. So, um, you know, my mom stayed with me and we just stayed there all day. And when I got it, after I got it, I remember a night and I... I think was going to find out the next day, but like I knew already, you know, and the diagnosis, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I already knew that it was MS. And so I cried about it and thought about it and went to sleep. And the next day I was like, okay, well, we're just going to live life and, you know, do what we have to do. I took, you know, I took rebif. I took, I did self-injecting three times a week, um, gave me bruises at the injection site. Like it hurt. I had to take four ibuprofen every time that I took mm. an infusion. Otherwise I felt like I had the flu. Wow. So that was great on my liver. Uh, yeah. And, and your kidneys. Yeah. So, um, I took that for many years and then, uh, someone approached me, about a trial for Delenia. Mm. And so I did that trial, I think maybe like 2013 or so. I did that trial for a couple of years. And then um, after that, I just, you know, kept taking Delenia. So you were on Rebif for a while and then switched to Delenia yeah. and those were the only two meds. Were you having relapses when you were on those meds? No, I Rebif worked really well. Um, it just made me feel like crap if I didn't take, you know, for, for ibuprofen mm. and, um, but otherwise like it gave me, you know, it, it made me feel more vitality, I guess. That's good. Word, you know? And so then, um, the Jelenia, I, I never really noticed an actual effect of it. Um, I just 
sort of assumed that it was doing its job sure. in the background. You know, um, I wasn't having anything serious happen. So, so I worked in oil and gas for many years, like five years or so. And oh, right, you're in Texas. Yeah. So sure, the oil industry is big time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I ended up losing my job, and then I got another one, and had moved to an apartment on Westheimer that was like, you know, it was more expensive and it, you know, it was nice. Um, but anyways, I fell behind on bills and ended up having to move back home. But I was, but simultaneously, I think the stress from that was also making my mobility go downhill. Sure. Um, and I had already like over the years, my leg had gotten worse. And so I got a three-wheeled scooter. It's by Mototech, and it goes like 12 miles an hour. And I stand on it just because I have more control when I stand. Sure. Um, and I can go faster. But I was, when I got that scooter, I was like 27, 26, mm. 27. Very young. Yeah, very young. Um, but, you know, I would just refuse to stop moving and like doing stuff and going out and, you know. That's so great. Um, but I mean, yeah, like I almost broke my ankle when I was like 23-ish because I used to wear these heels, right? Knowing mm, good and well right. that I had no balance. <laughs> And so I would inevitably fall off my heel, mm. always the right one, the side that ended up partially paralyzed. Right. And um, yeah, but that was that was like early 20s. Um, it's just so hard to be 20 something and finding yourself as an adult and also be battling autoimmune. Yeah, it was funny because I had a friend that contacted me and was like, I remember you falling when we were downtown, like you kept falling. And she said something like, oh, my God, just like if you can't wear them, just take them off. Right. And that had like jabbed me in the heart at the moment. Um, I had gotten over it, but it was nice for her to acknowledge it. And, you know, she was thinking she's having symptoms that she's thinking that she has a mess and she's like, you know, I'm, I'm really very sorry. I had no idea. And that was really nice. Um, sure. Connection. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, I was like 26 when I got the scooter. Um, but you know, it, it got me where I needed to go. I went out, I, you know, I was, um, I sang for my, uh, one of my best friend's weddings for ceremony and was in the reception and all that stuff. Um, had them all decked out with, you know, decorations and stuff. That's cute um, though. Well, and so your mobility has been an issue for quite a while, I think is really where my mind was going. Like I remember a significant relapse in 2015 that I was numb from the waist down and couldn't feel anything. So like in my mind, that was kind of the turning point for me in terms of mobility yeah. and like it's been five years. And so for you, your turning point or, or you 
deciding that it's time to get the scooter, was that more of a balance issue or was that also um, like numbness in the leg and the weakness of muscles? Or it, ankle? Was, it was just, um, it was hard for me to move that leg and I've always been a really fast walker. Oh, I was too. Like, like people, I remember people would be like, oh my God, slow down. Like, <laughs> yes. why are you walking so fast? And I'm like, I'm sorry. And so to be disabled and be slow and not be able to just go was driving me insane. Mm. And so... I got the scooter and then I could go fast and I could sure, you know, yeah. and do what I need to, to do. So it's interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting to experience that. Friends yeah. would always say, slow down. Your, your legs are too long. I, I can't catch up. Yeah. And then suddenly being mm-hmm. like Nothing. completely yeah. slowed down to where yeah. you just have to take your time. Yeah. No, I, I fully embrace it now. I am. That's beautiful. I am literally the sloth of humans. <laughs> so <laughs> slow with everything. It doesn't prevent me from, you know, having falls or doing something clumsy, but it's the best method at the moment. Sure. Sure. Okay. So thank you for sharing so much about that. And I'm just, of course. So as yeah, you're I, then with your scooter and like, how did you come to find HSCT? Were you on Jelenia through the, all those years until you found HSCT? I was, I was on Jelenia and, um, my mom's best friend and her daughter is my best friend, um, since I was born. Beautiful. And so her mom, Jennifer, she was, she told me about it. We, we were at her house and she was talking about it. And as soon as she mentioned it, I was like, oh yeah, I'm getting that. <laughs> yeah. How did she learn about it? I think somebody else had mentioned it to her and then she had read about it. But, um, you know, she told me the basics of it and I was like, okay, yeah, that's definitely happening. And you it know, makes found sense. out about how much it was. And so it literally started from there. Planning and fundraising. We ended up doing three garage sales. You know, my family's just been amazing. And, you know, they contribute a lot of money. They contribute a lot of time and effort. It's so and wonderful. Help. And um we had some dinners and sold some t shirts and um raised the money. I finally got, you know, the last bit, I got a loan from a family member and they were like, you know, just pay me back whenever. And so I I got there and I went by myself. So where Um, did you go for HMCT? I went to to Moscow, Russia. Wow. Mm -hmm. So how did that feel to be? Did people question you? Like, why are you going to Russia? Was it hard um, for them to acknowledge or support you? It sounds like you had a ton of support, which is amazing. I did. I had a ton of support, my whole entire family. I didn't I I didn't really experience anyone saying, you know, why are you going? Good, um, good. Which is really crazy. And I feel so lucky because I hear so many stories about so much opposition for people mm. and like so like so many who don't have the support of their family and it and it 
it's crazy to me because why wouldn't you support, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I know it's scary. I know it's scary. It, it is a big procedure, but if, if that's your only option, if it's that or just letting MS, you know, do what it does, you know, why would you not just take your health in your own hands, you know? Absolutely. So, so you flew from Texas to Russia. Yep. Yes, ma'am. All by yourself. All by myself. I was in a wheelchair um, at the at the airport, um, which was new to me, but I had already wrapped my mind around it. I was like, okay, you're about to enter life as a passenger, you know, like just let people, you don't have to get up. You don't have to do anything. They're going to take care of you. So just... Yeah. And, all you can do is roll with it at that point. Yeah. So went all the way to Russia and yeah, it was really exciting. They lost my bag. Oh no. Um, <laughs> I had, yeah, I had a, a, a problem with British Airways because I got there. I, we had asked for a wheelchair and then they made a big stink about if I couldn't lift my suitcase myself to put it in the overhead bin, then I had to, I had to check it. You've got to be kidding me. And I had, I had already seen advice to not check your bags when going to Russia, but they were giving me no choice. And I, right. like I were I've loved the whole experience. And so I, I recorded a video. I'm like, British Airways, y'all got to do better because Indeed. What are you talking about? And in hindsight, I should have just been like, okay, yeah, whatever, because somebody in the airplane would help me. But I didn't, and I checked my bag, and then they lost it. And so I had to do all that when I got to the airport in, in Moscow, put in a ticket. And um, and so finally, my driver picked me up, and I slept pretty much the whole way to the hospital. I bet you were exhausted after that long flight and the drive. I was. Um, and so I arrived, I think at like 1030, it was dark and they had my food in my room. They had left dinner, but it looked really weird. And I was I like, I'm not eating that. <laughs> and, um, I went to sleep and then, um, you know, the next day they come in and they start you on your, on your pills and, um, the first two days were a whirlwind. Those nurses like ran me around the hospital because I was behind um, getting all of my tests um, just to make sure that I was okay sure. to get HSCT. And, you know, there's been some people turned away. Can you imagine? I mean, there's someone, she went to Russia and she got all her tests and she had already been told that she was getting it and she had posted pictures of her hugging her daughter and like they got all these likes and it, it was, I mean, it was amazing. It was moving. And then she found out that there was something wrong with her heart oh, no. and she couldn't proceed. And it was heartbreaking. Literally devastating. Yeah. It gets me choked up even talking about it because it just, I thought when I went I thought for a moment that it like, they, I think he was taking a really long time to talk to me. Um, he had kept pushing back, you know, the appointment to tell me if I could get it. 
And so your mind just starts thinking of all these things Mm. and panicking essentially. And I was like, something's wrong. I'm not going to be able to get it. They're going to make me go home. And so I can't, I just can't even imagine. I felt for her, but she's, she's still working to get there. She's going to get there. I hope she does. Yeah. Hopefully there'll be something out there for people who have complications that like they can't, they don't qualify for the rigors of chemo because it is a significant medical procedure. Yeah, it is. It's very intense. And so he finally came into the room or to your meeting to say, yes, you were eligible. Yes. Yes. I'm, I, you're going, you're proceeding. Then, you know, I stayed there for 30 days. So I had a YouTube channel. Nice. And so I've loved the whole experience, but then just for myself, I just kept a note, you know, what happened every day. I know I got steroids and they came in and and put in the the catheter, you know, to get my bone marrow and froze it. And they gave me the chemo and the steroids and my bladder was already terrible. But all of that liquid, I had to have a toilet next to my bed because I couldn't even make it to the restroom. So they didn't give you a catheter for that? No. No. Interesting. I got I, one I, in Chicago and it's, I mean, it saved me for sure. They didn't do that there. You're in isolation in Russia, right? Yes. After yeah, you get well, stem cells? Yeah. Once they give you the stem cells back, my birthday is July 11th, 2018. Happy birthday. Thank you. And so um, they give you your stem cells and then, yeah, you're in isolation. I was in isolation for 14 days. Was that hard? It really wasn't. I spend a lot of time by myself anyways. Um, I have for a long time. Just, you know, when you start not going places and, you know. Sure, you learn to love time with yourself. Yeah, yeah, you spend time with yourself. And so isolation was actually really nice. I listened to a lot of... um, like classical music and just sort of looked out the window and, you know, watched the trees sway in the breeze. And I did my videos. I did videos um, and post on my YouTube and that'll keep um, you busy. (laughs) Yeah. And also I got a lot of messages. Um, Wonderful. So the, the sun there comes up at five. No, at three. I'm sorry. Because of that latitude on the earth. It, yeah. Yeah. And so I had to have an eye mask, but my sleep pattern was all screwed up. But I would end up going to sleep and then waking up, you know, in the middle of the night and spending like an hour replying to messages and talking to people on Facebook and answering questions about HSCT and promoting my, um, my nonprofit move, live, prosper, and just connecting with people about HSCT. And, um, so that kept me busy. I bet it did. Yeah. Tell us about this nonprofit. Um, I started it, me and my sister from another mister, my best friend, we started it and it is 
the the goal of it is to provide like financial assistance for anything other than DMT. So any alternative treatments like HSCT Wonderful. or acupuncture or, you know, um, anything that will help and maybe possibly provide some mobility devices or we started the nonprofit and used it to uh, fundraise. And so that's what we made um, the T-shirts for. And I'm really I'm really hoping to sort of get it off the ground this year. Sure. No, that's um, amazing. Hopefully get some more donations because I, I my my initial goal was I want to send somebody else to Russia. I huh. want to send somebody else to get HSCT. Can that be so cool? Yeah, it's a lot of money. Um, so that's number one. But now we have, you know, Corona. And so travel is like a, a weird thing. And so I don't know. Um, <laughs> but to I'm be continued. Say, yeah, to be, yeah continued. to be continued for sure. That's awesome. So why don't you tell us about a memorable experience and while you were in Russia? Oh, a memorable experience. I loved Russia so much. I loved the hospital. I love, love, love the doctor, Dr. Fedorenko. He's amazing. I mean, anybody, anybody who's been out there loves him. He's, he's like the most caring doctor. Sure. Um, it, it, yeah. And, um, the grounds were really beautiful. Um, you know, you could just walk around before you went into isolation. Of course, um, you could just walk around the grounds. I went um, sightseeing with Alex. Um, he is the best tour guide ever. And we just saw all sorts of things. I mean, churches and we ate at this restaurant and I had delicious um, cold soup. And I was skeptical, but it was really, really good. Mm. And, um, you know, we went to, a, to the mall. Um, I don't remember what it's called, <laughs> but how but, did you get around there? Like you were in the wheelchair. Um, I was in a wheelchair. Okay. I was in, and in Alex was just your, your guide. Yeah. Yeah. Alex, Alex was the guide and he pushed me around. I mean, he, he knew how to maneuver with a wheelchair. He's been doing this a long time. So, That's so wonderful. Yeah. Um, it was really great. And well, it makes it worth that really long trip getting over there. Right. Yeah. I mean, just to have the procedure done, it was more than worth it for me. Um, I just wanted it done, but um, sure. Did your bag ever arrive? Oh yeah. Like two weeks later. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, but it was, you know, it was good because um, one of my STEMI sisters that I met out there, she did not check her bag because she saw my video. So if it helps one person, then, you know. Absolutely. We'll definitely have to link to your channel in our show notes. Yeah. So why was it important for you to participate in the podcast? Because I want people i want this to be hsct to be more readily available i think it's ridiculous that it's not in the united states and that we have to travel half way across the world um to get it done um 
And I just think there needs to be more awareness around it, um, more support for it. Um, I, I, I have noticed that there has been more coverage and, um, you know, people getting it. So that's always good. But, but I think that, um, we should push it more. Uh, agreed. Yeah. Because it can help a lot of people, not just people with MS. Um, it, it helps all sorts of autoimmune diseases. Right. So yeah. Over 20. Yeah. So, um, so two years know. out. Yeah. So two years out, how is recovery going? Recovery is going good. I have good days and bad days. And today's actually a really good day. Since yesterday evening, my right leg has felt like a feather. And I don't know what's going on, but it's great. <laughs> and I hope that it lasts. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. But some days it's feels like a 50 pound weight and I'm dragging it down the hallway. So, um, but you know, those days are getting less and less. I'm, I'm doing a million times better than I was doing before I got HSCT. That's amazing. Yeah. Because I'm able to, I, I know my body more. It's sort of like, I mean, this, this two years of recovery, it's just been like an experiment on my body and what I can eat and what I can do. And I push myself, but I also don't beat myself up anymore on the days that I can't do things. That's so you important. Know? Yes. I, 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 I allow myself to have a seat and just not not do anything, you know, because it's just not going to work out today. Right. Well, and sometimes the work is to rest. Right. Exactly. Which is very challenging for people, right? It's it's very challenging to just slow down. It has taken me two years. (laughs) I mean, not, I guess not all the way to two years, but it's taken a long time for me to get to this point where I'm like, okay, I got HSCT. MS is out of the way. It's still there because I have the scars, but we're learning how to deal with it and improving things. And, you know, things will get better. And if they're not good today, then just let it be and try again tomorrow. And, (laughs) you know, these are just things you have to tell yourself yes. because you can't, my, my MS I've learned is very anxiety related. Um, and so when I feel that, when I feel anxiety or sort of judging myself for something, mm. it literally, I literally feel it affect my body and my mobility and like my spasticity kicks in on my right side, my leg is straight. And it's, it's very strange. And so I, Same. I have I'm, had to, yeah, train myself. I saw one of your videos, right? Where you're coming down the stairs and I, mm. it looks like I'm looking in a mirror, like so familiar, similar. Mm. Mine's just my left side. Yeah. And it's also that anxiety. It's not even my anxiety, 
it's like that subconsciously knowing that other people are watching and other people are anxious that I'm going to trip or I'm going to fall. Yeah. If I know people are watching, I have such a hard time. Like I just, I try to let everybody go in front of me. (laughs) They want to be behind me to try and catch me if I fall. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That just makes it worse. (laughs) When I went into therapy, it was something I had to get used to because they, as soon as you get there, they want to walk behind you because they need to see mm-hmm. what's going on. But I would always try to get them to walk ahead of me. And they're like, no, we need to walk behind you. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right, fine. So hard. Um, so hard. When I, when I, it still happens now sometimes. And I, I'm trying to train myself not to do it, but it's really hard because as soon as I think someone is looking at me, mm-hmm. my leg immediately straightens out. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, what are Stop you doing? Stop doing that. Yes. Yes. Well, and when I was in physical therapy, there would be a room of people being treated at the same time. And of course they're like, yeah. they're laying on their back, getting stretched out or whatever, and probably not even paying attention to me, but my right. brain notices and my right. brain is like, right. right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so dumb. It's so crazy. <laughs> and something I, we can't control. And it is literally like, all. it's something about the MS. Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst, but <laughs> it's good to connect with you about that. Yeah, for sure. It's nice to know that other, I mean, you know, that, that a lot of other MSers experience the same things that you do, but it's right it's nice to actually talk about it. <laughs> so you've been in recovery now two years and what led you to the A-linker? I'm curious about that because it's, it seems like such a great device, but at the same time, I resisted mobility aids for so long. When I started having to use a scooter at the grocery store, it was awful. Like mm. I, it, it took me a really long time to be like, okay, fine. I'm using it because I need to get this done. But they go so slow and they're like way down there. And I just, yeah, I didn't experience that on my scooter because I only sat on it every once in a while. I mostly just stood and got around. So it's like I was at eye level. People, people. saw you. Yeah. And people saw me. And there's a lot of education that needs to be out in the masses. For sure. Definitely. Um the linker, I, I had actually seen it. I think it it came up on on like a Google page, and I I clicked on it and I was I posted on Facebook. I was like, "Ooh, I think this is my new ride." But of course, like I was like super duper duper broke at that time. You know, I had gone to Russia. And of course, but I was disabled. I was on disability, and I wasn't working. And so, you know, um, it just wasn't a possibility. And then I saw um, Selma Blair on it, I think almost a year later. Mm. And I was like, yes, I love it. And then um, she started these campaigns. And my my best friend, Lauren James, she told me about it. And um, she was like, yeah, you need to do this because she's helping people do awareness campaigns for four linkers. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm doing it. So I did a video, um, and posted on 
Instagram and Facebook and yeah, got, got all the donations and got my linker. That's amazing. Yep. So how has it changed your recovery experience? Um, I, I wanted it and I love it because it allows me to get to the end of my street. And like, I would love to just go for a walk every day, but you know, going all the way down the street just probably wasn't going to happen with a cane. Um, and so having the linker, I can, you know, I do that every morning and, um, exercise my, my right leg and, you know, walk as fast as I can, or, you know, work on swinging that leg. And it's, I think it's definitely helping. So I'm excited. I mean, I can't wait until I have somewhere to go (laughs) so I can use it, but, um, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Quarantine is keeping us inside, Mm -hmm. which feels familiar. I think we're HSCT warriors, right. Are very familiar with quarantine. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. When all of this started happening, I'm like, well, I mean, it's not any different than my life was before, but okay. (laughs) Right. Right. Not much has changed. Yeah. I mean, I, at two years, I was going to start getting out and like doing things. Um, but you know, coronavirus said no ma'am. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So it is what it is. Yeah. So what about a superpower you gained from your experience with HSCT? Mm, a superpower. Um, gosh, it, it really just taught me about myself. I feel very egocentric, I guess, because my life is all about me. I don't have kids. I don't have a husband. Um, That's okay, right? And getting to know yourself better is brilliant. Yeah, and I've had to, like, heal myself. And so I have had to pay attention to myself. Which is brilliant. So many people don't, right? I tend to ignore myself because I do put a lot of energy into work. I put a lot of energy into my daughter and knowing her and supporting her. Yeah. And staying sane during this quarantine time. Exactly. I've got a husband. I've got, you know, family. And so I tend to come last on the list which is not okay. Right. It's not sustainable. Right. Definitely not. I think it's powerful that you know yourself so well. Yeah. I mean, I'm still, I'm still learning, I guess. And, but it's like, that's what everyone does. I mean, that's life. Right. May we all continue to learn. Yeah. Learning yourself and, um, fixing things and, you know, being better you know, you always want to be better. And so did I see you're back in school? Yes, ma'am. I finished a, um, summer class and I, uh, will start the fall semester at the end of August. I signed up for two classes because I'm trying to sort of baby step it. Um, but knowing me, I will probably add one more. (laughs) I'm guessing at 18, you get a diagnosis and then you're dealing with disease. And like you said, living life. So you didn't go to college right after high school. Um, I went to college. I went like a year after and I went several places. 
And then I had a good job and I was making good money. And so I ended up not going. And yeah, I, I sort of took a break. <laughs> it's nice to um, take a break. Yeah. And yeah, all the, all the mobility and the um, crazy brain stuff was happening. And, it, you know, I just never finished. So, but I knew that I was close. Like I knew that I had pretty much finished everything. And that was the case. Like I probably had like six credits left on um, the degree plan I already had. Um, and then I added that double major. So I'm thinking 2022. I'll okay. Be done. Nice. That's what I'm shooting for. Nice. Yeah. That's good. So, what could you offer as advice based on your experience with HSCT? What could you offer as advice to other people who are either newly diagnosed or newly finding out about HSCT? Um, newly diagnosed, take care of yourself for sure, 100%. Do your research, eat right. Don't eat dairy. It adds to inflammation. Indeed. I love it, but you have to find alternatives. There's almond milk and different things. So, and if you're not having, you know, even if you are having mobility issues, like do exercise, do as much, make yourself as physically fit as possible um, to try to fight it. And if you're just finding out about HSCT or maybe you just had it, um, especially if you just had it, don't beat yourself up, let yourself heal. I know people are always like, is this normal? Um, you know, I'm, I'm weaker than I was before HSCT and, you know, is it not working for me? You just have to give yourself time. You have to work on yourself, exercise and stretch and be healthy and eat healthy don't eat heavy because for me like i have to stay under a certain weight because i literally feel every pound and it feels like you know five pounds for each pound mm. like, it's crazy but just try to be as healthy as possible um and give yourself time you know oh it's so give important and, and work on yourself, work on your fitness and, and try to get better. And that's all you can do. Like HSCT move MS out of the way for you. And so now, you know, do what you can to heal. And it, I think you pointed out earlier that it is, it's so important to like take it one day at a time and recognize. Yes. You may have a good day today, tomorrow may be different. Yeah. And that's okay. Yes, definitely. I, I kept a, um, a note, a journal, um, on my phone of every day. Um, I don't do it as much anymore, but I, uh, you know, when certain things happen, like I, today I put that it was a good day, you know, just try to take account for each day because then you can look back and be like, oh yeah, that was a really bad day. But look, this next one was this next three was fantastic. So, um, it just keeps things in perspective for you. That's a good strategy. Yeah. It's one of those things I haven't made time for. Like people, you know, people told yeah. me like, take notes on your phone, take, keep a diary, keep a journal. Yeah. No, I know people told me that for a long time too. And, and I didn't. And then when I came back, um, I literally had nothing but time. 
<laughs> and so um, I started doing it. Um, sure. Do you have a favorite app that you use? Inkpad, Notepad. I mean, it's literally, I, I just write notes down, but um, <laughs> I just have a very basic note taker. That's all you need, right? Yeah, I think. Absolutely. And no one needs judgment. Right. So what are you grateful for about your experience with HSCT that maybe has gone unspoken? Um, gosh, I, I mean, it's definitely not gone unspoken, but I'm immensely grateful for my family. They're amazing and supportive and wonderful and nobody could ask for more. Um, honestly, I am grateful to myself <laughs> for pushing through and figuring things out. Um, I mean, there was just so much that I didn't know when I was diagnosed and went through my 20s. And I mean, I did everything wrong. I basically was funneling inflammation into my body <laughs> for sure. a long time. So yeah, grateful that I finally started learning some things and making myself better. Um, and just, I'm, I'm grateful for the generosity of people. Mm. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for that donating for HSCT and getting me my linker and just supporting my, my videos and, and all of that. I just, it means, it means a lot. It means a lot for sure. Well, it's powerful for community to support someone who knows themselves yeah. so well, right. And who yeah. is dedicated to caring for yourself. So thank you for that dedication. I felt like I owed it to myself. I felt like I neglected myself in my twenties. <laughs> Right. So I was like, all right, get it together. Yeah. It's a great reminder to everyone, right? Yeah. Invest in self-care. For sure. Yeah. You can't go wrong. Hmm. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and wisdom with us. It's certainly been inspiring and a good reminder to me to invest I... that time in self-care. I mean, it was nice to talk about it because I pretty much live. I mean, like I said, I have my family. My parents live down the street. I live with my Grammy and, you know, they take great care of me. But I I basically, you know, make decisions in a vacuum. I'm I'm by myself in this healing journey and they just kind of go along with what I say. So it's my responsibility to figure it out and enforce, you know, diet restrictions. Mm. Or, that's hard. It takes a <laughs> lot of discipline. Like, yeah. Do you have any secrets? Like, how do you stay so disciplined with diet? Restart a lot. <laughs> I restart. What happens is I'll get really good and I'll like be eating really well. And then I'll have like some sugar or like it'll be my time of the month and like I'll allow myself to eat something and then I sort of like snowball it 
And I'm like, oh, well, I already ate that. So I'm going to eat this. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, I get out of hand. And I mean, then- it's not, it's not advice. Like not everyone will do it, but I just fast. I'm like, okay, no, I'm cutting myself off. Fasting is good for autophagy. Yes. Cells regenerating. Right. So I'm like, okay, cut it off. And I cut it off and I'll do that for a couple of days. And then, you know, ease myself into eating what I'm supposed to eat again. And then, you know, when it eventually happens again, I restart. (laughs) It's not, it's not a great process, but it's, it's what I figured out for myself. Well, and that's important, right? Is learning what works for you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a very all or nothing kind of person. So, um, yeah, I just have to shut it down, restart. I think it's great advice. (laughs) Shut it down. Yeah. And the restart. I mean, that's the thing you have to pick it back up and you have to keep moving and doing as you said, right? Like keep, stay active and keep exercising, keep working at it. Yeah. And I already kind of had that attitude, but then, you know, the doctor in Russia, he's very inspiring and they have, you know, these birthday parties and he speaks. And I posted a video about that too. I posted one of his, you know, when he was talking to us and, you know, he said, yeah, you're going to have bad days, but that's fine. Have your day. And then the next, do it again, you know, get up and it's a new day. Restart, you know? So I was like, yeah, that's that's just how you have to do it. Because, you know, if it happens and it's it ends up being a terrible day and you're just your mobility is absolute crap and you didn't accomplish anything you wanted to accomplish that day and you're just feeling terrible, just that's fine. Just let it go. Go lay down, go sit down and relax. And the next day, start again, you know, do what you can do. Sure. Rest is an investment in self-care. Yes, for sure. Because the more you try to fight it and power through, the worse I end up anyway. Yeah. No, I, when you come back from HSCT, you are a baby and you will spontaneously fall into naps. And whenever it came, you literally, I mean, you were gone to the world, like dead. <laughs> it, it was like the most sudden napping I've ever experienced. It was great, actually. Yeah. And you do just have to give into it. Yeah. And sometimes it would be 10 minutes and other times it would be an hour. But either way, I, when I woke up, I would feel like a new person. It was great. Yeah. It's time for our body to rejuvenate, right? Yeah, that's when your body heals and... Same thing you do with diet, right? Shut it down and restart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, yeah, what I've learned is sometimes you do, you just have to shut it down and just let your body process whatever is going on. You know, if I just ate a bunch of stuff that I wasn't supposed to eat, I just have to shut it down and let my body process that crap, you know, and restart eating what I need to, you know, to replenish. Choosing better. Yeah. Give yourself time. It's so important. It's such a great perspective to carry forward. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. And just sharing so much of your insight and positivity all around. No problem. 
Yeah, I like to spread positivity as much as possible. It's such a, it is a crazy world, okay, mm, that yes, we're living in. Yes. It's insane. And um, there's a lot of darkness. So light is always needed. Thank you for shining your light. It's been so great connecting with you. Yes, ma'am, it has. I've enjoyed this thoroughly. We'll have to stay connected and good luck with your nonprofit and helping more people gain access to mobility or someday treatment. Thank you. sure to visit hsctwarriorspodcast.com where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and connect with resources of the HSCT Warriors Incorporated nonprofit. As always, special thanks to musical genius Billy Alitzauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. It's been so great to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment to connect with us on Instagram or share this episode with someone you know that would enjoy listening. In the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind, be well. John Stansberry Koenig and the producers disclaim medical influence and responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in the podcast. If you think you have a medical problem, please contact a licensed physician.